organic basically kind of assures that that's one part of your life that you don't have to worry about toxins. Toxins are in beauty products, household products. Um, they're even in like, you know, fabrics and, you know, paint in our walls, you know, they're everywhere, but like there's certain things that we can control where we get our toxins from and eating organic is one of those. Um, before I went to nutrition school, I bought like mostly organic, but now I'm willing to invest the extra dollar per item to kind of, you know, invest in myself, invest in my health. I think that's how you have to look at it. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. What is up, happiness homies, and welcome back to another episode of Modern Happiness. Deuce here, if you didn't already know, and this week I am so excited because Matt and Taylor sat down with my good friend, Chef Jamie Stein. Jamie is a trained private chef and nutrition consultant here in Denver, Colorado, and she is on a mission to enhance the lives of others through providing high-quality, nutrient-dense foods. Chef Jamie is a wealth of knowledge, and you'll see in this episode, we dive deep into an array of topics all revolving around food. It's such a great conversation. We were all in such a giggly mood. It was a great morning, and we learned a ton. Chef Jamie dropped all the knowledge bombs that I think you're all going to really love. So I hope you enjoy this next episode, and if you do, Please feel free to tag us on our new Instagram at Modern Happiness Podcast. We have been, you know, we are so grateful for you guys. And it's been so incredible to finally be able to see what you've been learning and taking away from listening to our podcast. It's, it gives us so much joy and it gets us so hype and we like have a whole side group chat about it. And I don't know, it just is so fun. So thank you for doing that. And without further ado, let's welcome Chef Jamie Stein to the Modern Happiness Podcast. All right. What is up? Happiness homies. Welcome back. We have Chef Jamie today. Jamie, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. We're so happy to have you. Extremely happy. Another happiness homie. Add to the squad. (laughs) All right. Let's get started. We're gonna we're gonna dive into some rapid fire. Okay. Uh, Just get to know you a little bit, and then we'll we'll get to the heavy hitting stuff. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, First and foremost, what is one thing you're grateful for? Um, actually we were just talking about dogs, my dog. Um, she is like my soulmate and she is what I come home to every day and just puts a smile on my face no matter what kind of day it is. She's like my meditation, which has been amazing. I mean, it's, it's been amazing this past year to have that. So I'm very grateful for her in my life. I love that. What is your dog's name? What kind of dog do you have? Shiloh. She is a border collie mix, super cute rescue, mutt, um, loves everything i love to do adventure dog adventure buddy perfect and like just the sweetest girl loves food she does love food she's a (laughs) vacuum cleaner so she always cleans up my floor you know while i'm kitchen (laughs) while i'm cooking in the kitchen i know which is nice i have a um, friend's dog who like i feel like i don't trust dogs whose food is out all day 
Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you finishing mm-hmm. your food? I don't trust you. What, oh, what's going on here? Oh, yeah. She would never. And yeah. if she does, then we know something's wrong. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she loves her food as much as I do. Awesome. Wow. I didn't realize you had trust issues with dogs. With dogs. <laughs> Man, this is going to be like ep- episode Should 27 or something. And I'm <laughs> learning so much about Matt. We'll dive deep yeah. down uh, my distrust. I love dogs. That'll be our oh next uh, one-on-one episode. weird to me. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Tune in, guys. You're going to love that one. Uh, next question. Where are you from? And uh, where do you live now? I'm from New York. Uh, I'm from Westchester County originally. And now I live in Denver. Um, yeah, it was great. I moved out here for college, went to see Boulder, and have been in Denver since I graduated. So it's been great. It has everything that I love, great food culture, mountains, camping, skiing, hiking, all of that good stuff. Um, nice. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. We grew up really close. I'm from Connecticut, no Fairfield way. County. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Right across yeah. the border. East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Small world. What is your favorite thing to do for fun? Mm, can't say cooking, can I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You absolutely could. I could say cooking. Um, you know, it's such a good question because I feel like there's so many things that I like gravitate to, but um, in the summer, I'd say it's like exploring a new hike. So whether it's like right here, like Golden has some great trails. Or whether it's going out a little bit further in Colorado, um, it's like I just love kind of being in the mountains, like being it by myself. You know, same thing in the winter skiing. Um, it's fun and it's like serene and it's like just letting go of everything. Yeah. I love that. Feeling. Feel very present in the nature and it's really healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite place to ski? Favorite place to ski? Oh, hard question. Um, I'd say probably Aspen. Okay. Um, Highlands has to be my favorite mountain. Yes. We've uh, definitely uh, talked about this yes. before. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the episode. I've never been. Oh. It's incredible. That's in Aspen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they four the mountains. Oh, it's, nice. So the Highlands is like the expert hill. There's no green. There's no greens. Nice. So it's. Mm-hmm. Get that crap out of here. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. It's on the list then. Uh, next question. What is your most used emoji? Ooh, um, probably the crying laughing face. Yes. You know, people say a lot of add, funny that's things. That's with like the tears, right? Or yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, the tears. Yeah, yeah. not the full like ball, but yeah, the yeah, just yeah. little tears. Yeah. yeah. Full it's, ball. It's a good one the for... The full ball. The full ball. <laughs> I need to use that expression more often. <laughs> not the full ball. Not the full ball, just the half ball. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's probably up there for me for sure. <laughs> okay, what is your walk-up song? Oh God, that's such a good question too. Someone asked me that recently and I, it was really hard to think of one, but, um, I have to like go back, back a little bit, like in time, I think, um, something EDM I'd say, cause that was like totally what I would listen to. Are you on the Skrillex side or more, more like Blau side? Okay. Yeah. Diplo ish. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin Harris. Um, you know, that's not like Calvin Harris summer. Like that was and like, I met you in the it's just really catchy. Wah, wah, and it just like wah. makes you want to, me want to dance. Yeah. And like, I feel like I could walk out to that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's summertime. I love it. Yeah. And it's summertime. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite book? Uh, so I actually was gifted this book by someone. It's called the go giver. Um, it's really about like self selflessness, um, doing things for other people and kind of like humility uh learned a ton from that book it's really it's a short read quick read um and i kind of like shaped my mind as i went into the workforce after college i hope we can circle back to that i say that and then i forget to circle (laughs) back so hopefully we'll tie that back in 
Do just remind us to circle back. I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I like um, that book too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jamie, do you have a nickname? So many. Oh, who um, does? Growing up, my family always called always called me Jay. Um, people call me James. James. Um, <laughs> so embarrassing. But when I was like younger in sports, my mom would call me Jaminator. Um, <laughs> All right. From now on, we are only referring. <laughs> I know. To every you time I say that, that's what people say. But you know, I'm, I'm being honest. That's what people always call me. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, those are those are some of the best ones. My boyfriend calls me Heather, which is my middle name. Okay. Um, Heather. Yeah. Heather is a pretty name. Thanks. Um, oh, I'm up. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh. When you were the um, I wanted to be a teacher. Mm. I always loved kind of like having like play classroom growing up. Um, loved the idea of like teaching people new skills which I guess is kind of ironic of how I got to things later in my life, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, But yeah, teacher. Awesome. Okay, last rapid fire. What is your superpower? Superpower. Um, hmm. What are you really good at? What makes you unique? I think I'm a really good listener. Um, That's probably a superpower. I'm way better at listening than like talking. You know, well, like that's going to change today. I know <laughs> I can do hour. it. I can do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like love just like sitting there and listening to people, whether it's like about like emotional topics or like new things that are happening in their lives. It's, yeah, it's nice. People love that. People like they to do. be heard. They do. Yeah, that is true. Sweet. Perfect. All right. Let's dive in. Let's talk about food. All right. Uh, we sent you a questionnaire ahead of time, and I have a couple things pulled up that you said that I would love to talk about. Okay. We asked, you know, who you are, how you would describe yourself. You said, I'm a driven, caring, compassionate person who wants to positively impact the world we live in. And then we asked your mission or purpose in life, and you said, I want to create experiences and make people happy through food. Can you elaborate? Yeah. So, um, I think a lot of things that I'm like doing right now kind of stem from that idea of wanting to help people. I've always like volunteered and like been involved in, um, you know, just like things that would make people's lives better. Um, and I always wanted that for a career too. I started out after college doing marketing for a small company and learned a ton, made great connections, but it didn't have that like fulfilling character of like being able to be in the world, like, doing something for someone, you know what I mean? And making their lives better. Um, so for some reason, I just kind of wanted to shape my career into that. And I really just care about, um, that things that I'm doing are going to impact someone else positively and make their lives maybe easier in some way or better in some way, or even just like make them smile for a second. Like that's something that's super exciting to me. Like I love that feeling and food especially can be so emotional for people, um, so many different connections throughout your life that you can have with food and especially the clients that I'm working with right now, um, food's kind of like a necessity. They need to nourish themselves. I mean, everyone needs to nourish themselves, right? Um, but food can make people happy and make people smile and give people something that they can't necessarily, um, or they don't necessarily feel like they can give themselves in the same way. Mm. So hopefully that answers your question, but I think that's kind of like the basis of what I was trying to get at there. Yeah. So, so why food of, it sounds like that's kind of more targeted of how you want to impact people's lives. Yeah. Um, always loved food, grew up, um, like cooking for family holidays with my grandmother. Um, my dad was the main cook in the family, so I would help him out for dinners. 
Um, we were kind of one of those families that like maybe everything wasn't like super fancy for dinner, but most nights things were home cooked, um, which was super cool. So I got to kind of like see how that developed in a family. Um, but I do have like these super, like I said, food is emotional. I have these like deep rooted connections with food throughout my life. Um, and that, that comes from cooking with my grandmother growing up. And, you know, I was always that kid at family tables or like holiday tables that, um, everyone's like, so what did you cook for this meal? You know, even when I was like too little to even touch the stove sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like deep rooted in my life. I've always loved to do it. I've always done it throughout college. Um, it's been like my happy place also something that's very therapeutic for me. So I kind of figured like, well, this, everything, all roads kind of led back to food. So like that was kind of how I came to that conclusion was like, okay, well, I love this in my personal life, can do it as a profession too. So why not? I got to ask then, what is your favorite meal to eat? What is your favorite meal to cook? Mm-hmm. So being from the East coast, um, favorite meal I'd say is like a good array of authentic Chinese food from like Chinatown. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that. Yeah. It's didn't on see a, that one going for you know, sure. cause I always crave that. I feel like in Denver, it's hard to kind of find that. It is. So that's like my one thing that I always say because I just, I just crave it all the time okay. pretty much. Um, but favorite thing to cook. I, I just like, like love Mediterranean foods, like light salads and kind of going the opposite like light salads and dips um different types of breads things like that yeah nice so i'm curious what for you um you said like food's very emotional mm -hmm. for you like is there certain meals you cook with your grandma and uh what are those meals that you eat and like can you describe the emotion you feel like it's throwing you back to a certain time what does that do for you today yeah um so I'm Jewish, so a lot of it was kind of like Eastern European cooking, so like braised brisket and casseroles. Um, so like brisket is one, like a traditional like Jewish brisket. Um, I make it for like every Jewish holiday. Um, and that just like kind of brings me back to like my life um, as a young child cooking with my grandma. It also just has such a deep rooted history like of being Jewish like that's just like on the on the table for every tradition every holiday as a brisket um and then there's this one dish squash casserole um that was like my grandma's specialty so I make that for every holiday too and it's it's just like a great memory to have um of her yeah are, are there any times in your life where you're feeling like stressed out or not yourself or whatever kind of more negative emotions where you're like I'm cooking this meal it's going to make me feel great. Yeah, totally. Um, a lot of that I feel like kind of goes into like comfort foods. So like mm. maybe not necessarily what I was saying, but like, you know, things like lasagnas, like heavy dishes that just like give you a smile on your face as soon as you eat them, like um, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think like in that sense, like food can be emotional because whatever past connection you have to it can be like it can change, like your iteration of that food can change, but like that memory is still attached to it, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's like living memories, like constantly changing memories. Do you think that's important for people to have? Because I know for me, I try to eat really healthy and maybe we could talk about this separately, but you know, I'm like chicken, salt and pepper and broccoli and rice and it's boring and I'm kind of sick of it. But honestly, mm -hmm. for some meals, I'm just like shoving it in my mouth just for fuel. Yeah. Do you think it's important for people to learn how to cook meals for themselves because of that emotional state and not like what I'm doing and kind of rushing through and just... <laughs> 
shoving it in my mouth? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, everybody views food food differently. Like food, food is fuel. Um, That is literally what it is. It's energy. But yeah, it is. um, I don't know that it's necessarily like that everyone's going to have that connection to it. I just don't think that's necessarily realistic. But it is important to know that like, you know, food that you're cooking, like it has a history itself. Like just because you're having like chicken, broccoli and rice, like it doesn't mean that it has to be just that, you know, it could be something more. You could attach a sauce to it that has a little bit more going on, a little bit of motion to it. Um, you could do something to the rice that has a little bit more background mm, to it. What can it, I you do know? to my rice? Oh my God, so many Ooh, <laughs> yeah, so many. You can make it peel off. You can fry it. You could, yeah, I have, I have, good, I have some ideas for you. <laughs> I think this is my disconnect where I'm like, I don't want to spend more time here. Yeah. yeah. But it's so funny. It's and, not for everyone. Yeah, but Taylor and I were talking about this. It's like, this is something you do at least from, uh, not everyone, but like three times a day, mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, dinner. And it's something I just don't like have never put time into. Mm-hmm. And I like being a person who's kind of good at a bunch of things, but food is just one of those things I've never like put time to. Yeah. And I just found that so interesting that it's something we do so much of mm-hmm. and I just don't care enough to get good at it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. I think like, that's probably why I have a job, honestly, <laughs> yeah. you know, because like not everyone does feel that way. Um, but I think it's cool. Like when I get to meet people that also have that connection with food, like whether I mean, it's going to be in a different way from me, obviously. But it's so nice to see that because even if they're not cooking every day of their lives, like I am for my job, you still have like some sort of connection to something. And I, I'm sure like if you did think back in your life at some point there was that connection, but maybe you got far from it because it's just like, okay, food is fuel. That's just how I'm going to treat it right now. And I think that's totally fine. I mean, it it really is just like anything else in life. Not everyone's going to love it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So as, as Matt mentioned, we talked a little bit about this yesterday and kind of prepping and we think this is really important because we spend, I'd love to run some numbers about how much time in our lifetime eating, mm-hmm. right? And just in a day. Mm-hmm. And I think in our modern society, we are go, 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 rush, rush, rush. And, uh, you know, the podcast is modern happiness. And we believe happiness isn't a choice. And I think if you start making potentially different choices around food, you could be happier. You could be more, more fulfilled. And so you said it's, it's not for everyone. But do you think it could be? Do you think that... Um, people's lives could be enhanced by changing the way. And I, and I guess maybe the conversation is a lot of people are on the go fast food, Mm -hmm. like not pausing to reflect. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that and maybe what you see with clients and, Mm -hmm. you know, potentially why they hire you is probably so that they can have better quality and slow down. Yep. Yeah. It's a really, really good question. I mean, there's a whole movement in Denver called a slow food movement and it's all about just like slow cooking and bringing people back to what food is, which is like intentionality and not just fuel. Um, I do think that it's possible, you know, but like, for example, I had a coworker that literally just drank all of his meals because he just like didn't care about food. I feel like that's where I'm headed towards. Yeah, it sounds like, and like to me, there's probably not going to be much that's going to change that in your mind. That's hard. Um, but I do think if you have an experience with food that you can slow down and have that emotional connection with other people and the, the food that's been cooked and maybe it's not necessarily in a restaurant setting, but it's in a home setting. So it can be a little bit more personal. I think that maybe those kind of like emotions around food could develop. Um, 
it's, it's a hard question. I like having like a nutrition background too. our world of fast eating and fast food that also impacts your happiness that impacts literally your mental health. Like your food impacts your entire body. So there's a literal medical connection there of the quality of food that you're eating and the amount of time you're spending doing it um, and how food processes through your body in that sense. So it's interesting because there's like emotional, but there's actually like science yeah, back I love it that you brought that up. Uh, what is your nutrition background? So I actually just graduated. <laughs> from, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, from a nutrition consultant program. So, awesome. yep. Um, so now I'm able to practice with clients and really like being a nutrition consultant, it's not a registered dietitian. So our kind of like lens that we have on is mostly working on dietary and lifestyle changes, um, focusing on like nutrient deficiencies and like lifestyle in a sense, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's, you know, your lifestyle habits and being on your computer too much or not, you know, um, not connecting with people enough or, um, yeah, lifestyle can extend pretty far, but yeah. So that's kind of, that's where I'm headed. Man, that, that's so cool. So I'm a, I'm a life coach and a fitness coach. Oh, no so way. I have a background in nutrition, a degree in exercise science. And yeah, you are what you eat in the sense of like how that'll make you feel. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why I was so excited for this conversation because with my life coaching clients, I actually have a whole week and a module that's, I title health. And we talk about sleep, talk about nutrition, and we talk about movement. However, I do all of that to help teach them to show up as a better version of themselves and have more energy. So I don't, I don't give them like diet plans. I'm yeah. just like, Hey, here's some, some basics around food, carb, protein, fat. Mm -hmm. And if you eat better quality food, you're actually going to feel better. And if you feel better, you're going to be happier. You're going to have more energy. You're going to, you know, manage stressful situations better. And I talk about that with movement too. Like, I don't really care what you do. If it's CrossFit, if it's Zumba, like whatever, just like move, mm -hmm. like walk. And um, so I think that's why this conversation is so interesting because it's twofold, right? Like when I think about food and growing up, like with my family, my parents are kind of different. My dad's always on the go adventurous and my mom's more laid back. Like they, they live in Florida. So it's like, my dad wants to be like out in the water paddleboarding, and my mom wants to sit in a chair on the beach and read. So we bond over food. And so like, when I think about some of my favorite experiences, it's like with friends, it's around a table and you know eating good food and then on the flip side it's like eating quality food is really important to me because i know i'll be happier i'll be less sluggish and things like that um so i'm curious if you could teach anyone you know three things about food where if if they took your advice they'd be happier they'd be more fulfilled like what are the what are the top things that you would love to share with people yeah i love that question yeah I'm it's such a good the same question yeah, yeah. um okay i think number one um, I, f I just like have to say this because I feel like it's everywhere. There's so many things on social media about like diet culture and what you should and shouldn't do, but just like, remember that your body is its own and that like no set plan is ever going to work for everyone. Um, so like, just think about yourself as an individual and always remember like your individual, like wants and needs and likes. Cause if you force someone down a certain road, they're never going to succeed. So it has to be something that like you're willing to, um, give to, and you're also willing to like take on long term because it's going to work for you sort of thing. So like, for example, let's say, um, you really 
dislike fish and people are saying, you know, fatty fish has great omega-3s. You have to have them in your diet. Well, maybe we can try, you know, try out certain things. But if it's really not working for you and that's just going to be a chore for you to go on to and try, like, why do that to yourself? It's not worth it. You're not going to succeed. So I want to, like, help people kind of get to the point where they can really succeed in their food journey. So number one, just, like, always remembering that you're an individual and you have to, like, shape your plan as an individual. Um, Number two, I'd say, like, basic kind of, like, food – like nutrition lens, organic is better. Um, I wanted to ask about organic because <laughs> yeah. I don't do it. I know, I know. I, I get feel the regular like, bananas. You know, <laughs> so, and of course, there's like the list of like the dirty dozen and clean 15 sort of items. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I've never heard that. Let's, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, what are some of all these terms also while we're here? Organic and then mm-hmm. what is... Uh, free range that's different mm-hmm. right with eggs and yeah it gets all this. real complicated but I can try to give like Let's, a little yeah, synopsis give this simple version <laughs> for our listeners so um, basically organic means that I mean there, there's like a literal for an organic cert there's like a literal like paragraph of what it can and cannot be but basically it means that your fruits, vegetables, animals have not been sprayed with pesticides or any sort of like antibiotics that could then get into your system and cause toxicity inside of us. Um, certain things are sprayed more than others. So when I say clean 15, dirty dozen, there's a literal like list on um, it's ewg.org um, that you can find this and it tells bio. you. Yeah. yeah. Lincoln bio. Um, it tells you basically what fruits and vegetables to look out for, ones that are more sprayed than others. So that's helpful for people that can't afford to buy all organic because it is pricey. It can mm-hmm. be expensive. But really what you're buying is your health, your long-term health. Um, organic or toxins in general just like cloud our bodies. They build up in our livers. And then it makes us really kind of unable to process other things correctly. Um it clouds your brain. Okay, I was gonna say. Then what does that cause? Yeah, so our, li- our livers not. Being it causes able- a bunch of different system- symptoms. So it could cause fatigue. It could cause headaches. It could be even minor as just like not wanting to do things. It could show up as depression. Um, it kind of depends on on the person and what they've kind of experienced and what they're eating. Um, but liver toxicity is really dangerous and extreme, and you really do have to detox your body and. It's not just like a juice cleanse sort of situation, um, but it is flushing out toxins. So organic basically kind of assures that that's one part of your life that you don't have to worry about toxins. Toxins are in beauty products, household products. Um, They're even in like, you know, fabrics and, you know, paint in our walls. You know, they're everywhere. But like there's certain things that we can control where we get our toxins from. And eating organic is one of those. Um, before I went to nutrition school, I bought like mostly organic, but now I'm willing to invest the extra dollar mm-hmm. per item to kind of, you know, invest in myself, invest in my health. I think that's how you have I, to look at it. I think this is so perfect. This is something that I've been thinking about. I want the listeners to get this takeaway because you were like, Oh, if you can't afford it, like that's fine. Do this. But like you were investing in your health, mm-hmm. what you're going to pay for this later down the road, either by dying sooner or health bills or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So you might as well invest in it now. And I had this conversation with my roommate who will only get whatever, like the cage free eggs or whatever. And, and then I did some mm-hmm. research and it's actually like past, it has to say like pasture rate. Like yeah. there's all these words like cage free actually doesn't mean anything. It means I get like two feet of room mm-hmm. instead of being like boxed in. 
So it's actually like pasture raised is pasture the one you raised. really want. Yep. And then it's like even chicken, even chicken or beef or whatever mm -hmm. is um, people like grass fed, but that actually means nothing. It should be grass finish because mm -hmm. otherwise then in the last whatever week or two, they just pump them corn. with gr corn yeah, and, and grain or whatever grain, and like yeah. beef them up. So all these things, like you said, it's nuanced, but it, I look at it and I'm like, okay, I told Taylor this. I was like, in my roommate, I was like, yeah, I buy so many eggs though. I don't want to spend that much money on eggs. And it's like the fact that you eat so many eggs means you should be buying the better exactly. stuff because you're putting so much of that in your body. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, true. And what? It's like two more dollars every week. Honestly, mm -hmm. I buy like the 18 pack and I eat that every week. And yeah, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe three more dollars a week. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's investing in myself. Exactly. Not just for long term, but like literally that day, if I'm putting toxins in my body, I'm going to feel like garbage. And if I'm eating better food, I will feel better. Mm -hmm. And I had a mentor of mine, or um, not a mentor. I took this course on um, uh, dopamine. And I won't, I won't get into that, ra that rabbit hole. Basically what he said, he's like, people are living at like 60%. And then when they're at like a full 60%, they think they're at like 90, 100. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you're actually at 60. You don't even know what 90, 100 looks like because of, I mean – it was dopamine. It was a lot about the phone, alcohol, weed, these yeah, things that we so go much. to. Yeah, these like stimulants. But, but I think it's even the same with food. We're eating this crappy food all the time, and we don't even know what it's like to have like a full week. Okay, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but <laughs> I had COVID in December, and I lost my taste and smell for two weeks. And it was early December. It was so sad. I was watching Christmas movies. And I was like, oh, I just want some chocolate sad. milk and cookies and I just want to, but I couldn't taste anything. So I'm like, if I can't taste anything, then I'm just going to eat as healthy as possible. Like literally drinking my meals. I didn't even, I, I think I put salt on my chicken because you know, like my Himalayan salt is good, but I was like, I don't care to put all the seasoning on it because I can't fucking taste it. Yeah. You probably argue oh, garlic sad. is good for you anyway. But anyway, I'm like literally just shoving food in my mouth. Can't taste it. I'm like chicken, broccoli, don't care for every meal. Wasn't drinking. I, I think I had... I think I had some drinks just to get a little buzz on because I was, <laughs> I was like, I need something. Um, but I was like eating so fucking clean. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I have COVID, but I've never had more energy in my life. I really? never felt better. I never had a more clear head. That's awesome. And I remember telling Taylor, I'm like, I'm going to do this forever. If this is what it feels like to not have sugar in my body, to not eat processed food, I'm like, I'm going to do this forever. And how and long then, did that last? And then, oh, I got one smell. My roommate was had, uh, had pasta in the microwave. One smell. One, one smell, smell of pasta sauce. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need this. So it didn't last. Once oh I got taste and smell gosh. back, I started eating crap again. But uh, mm -hmm. it's quite amazing if you can even make, depending on where you are, right? Like you don't have to make the drastic change to, oh, I'm going to go keto and eat nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to last. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you have to pick what works for you. Uh, and I'm very much on the 80, 20 lifestyle. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that mm -hmm. as, as I continue to rant, but, um, <laughs> because I do enjoy having the pizza and the cookies. Uh, but just even getting those little bit healthier foods, it's like, it's hard to be like, notice the tangible difference mm -hmm. when I'm now paying more for eggs, paying more for the chicken and all this yeah. stuff. It's hard to really see it, but I think over time, mm -hmm. like this is why journaling is great. You'd be like, right now, I'm, what's your energy level today? Yeah. Six out of 10. And then you start eating these better foods. What's your energy level? Oh, I'm eight out of 10. Mm -hmm. You can physically see that change. So Matt's, Matt's rant is over. <laughs> um, <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. So just to, to touch on that, I think what's interesting, kind of quick story in line with that. When I was in college, I tried the paleo diet, which mm -hmm. is, you know, very restrictive. Was studying, taking a summer class. 
took my final and I was like, I'm exhausted. I don't even want to go out. Uh, so I ordered a Papa John's pizza and mm-hmm. I've been doing paleo strict for like three months and, uh, woke up the next morning feeling like I had the worst hangover of my life <laughs> because I had not had that food yeah. and kind of similar. I grew up eating a lot of fast food mm-hmm. and now I don't. And if Matt and I took a, a trip uh, a year ago to Portland, <laughs> Maine, and we were staying in a hotel and we couldn't have food. And just because we were out late, we ended up eating McDonald's a lot mm-hmm. and it just felt yeah. gross. And COVID, like, nothing was open. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, mm-hmm. but literally sometimes I will get sick and it's like, yeah. you don't realize that your body adapts to that. And that's totally. how scary it is. And same with the Papa John's. It's like, it wasn't until I took it away. And so I think for our listeners, and I would imagine you agree, Jamie, is just try it for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and that's even the nutrition coach in me. I don't think everyone needs to like count macros and be restrictive. However, I start with a lot of people there just to create the awareness right, because, right. you know, you don't realize. And so I think that's, what's important of that balance. Um, so yeah, try organic people. Try organic. Shot. Yeah. It's, you know, and I think it's that piece where it's like, you might not notice the change immediately. Um, but really when you dig deep and like later in life, if you have health conditions and you go back through, and you work with a nutritionist, they're probably going to tell you the same exact thing that we're saying right now, which is just to adjust your diet slightly. It's not that big. You're probably going to end up spending less than you would spend on like buying coffee three times a week. You know what I mean? Like people love that comparison because like coffee shops now are so expensive, you know, but it really is true. You know, your grocery bill, you don't have to shop at Whole Foods, like plenty of stores carry organic or grass finished or pasture raised or wild caught, all of that good stuff. Um, And if you do a little bit of research, if you just like Google search, like why is wild caught fish better for me? It'll pop up some page that I'm sure you can trust. It'll give you a little tidbit on why. And to me, like if you're going to eat healthier fats and they're going to make you feel better, especially healthy fats are so good for your brain, your mental health. Why not? You know, it really is an investment in yourself and, that's like as a new nutrition consultant, like I just kind of hope to kind of be able to, you know, use that kind of terminology with my clients because it really is like it's for you. No one else is going to. Well, I don't want to force them to do anything, but that's not going to be successful. It has to be a mental shift. You know, it has to be a change in their lives. OK, I, I've got a question for you. Okay. Um, when we're thinking about your clients and the people that you work with and people that you cook for. Do you feel like people have any concept of what food means in their life? And I I guess what I mean by that is, you know, there's some people in the fitness space um, who are like, you should only, uh, like, food should only be fuel. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what is your purpose? Like, is it getting you to your goals? And then there's other people on this spectrum who are like, no food makes me happy. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to eat what I want. And this is like the one good part of my life. And I feel like part of this conversation is nobody has awareness of like why they're eating what they're eating. And I love your coffee example because I love coffee. <laughs> and Matt even jokes sometimes, he, he's asked me like, and kind of with accountability, like how much money do you think you spend getting double shots of espresso? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. It's worth it because I value that and I love it. Um, and, I, and I can't afford it, but I think that's part of the conversation with food. So we're talking about these things and making better choices. But do you think people even stop to reflect like what they want food to be in their life? It's such a good question. I think it just depends on the family, really. Um, right now, a lot of the families that I'm working with are recently postpartum, so they just had a child. Um, so in that sense, I think that there's, a, you know, it's hard, but I think there's a little bit of awareness that 
like especially a woman's body right after having a baby needs like a ton of nutrients. I don't know that they necessarily know what that is or what it looks like, which is probably why I'm there. Um, But I do think that there's at least a desire to have better foods in their lives because probably otherwise they would just be ordering out a lot because they just don't have the time to cook or go to the grocery store. Um, So like I'm an option for them to come in, have fresh cooked meals that are full of healthful ingredients and they can feel good about it. So I do think that there's an awareness, but like to the extent that people really understand that like the food that I'm cooking for them is that, you know, is that much better than takeout because of these reasons. I don't know that people really know why. I think they just like, there's been so much, messaging about it over the years of like takeout has like trans fats and blah 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 and people are like oh god got to be aware of that so don't have takeout every day of the week sort of thing but I don't necessarily know that people like question it as much as like I have you know what I mean yeah so uh with these people what are what are some of the main reasons that your clients come to you so and let's talk about a little bit of what you do you're now a private chef right so what does that look like you you go into their homes and cook or Mm -hmm. um and yeah, what are the main reasons? Is it time? Is it quality? Is it, you know, that sort of thing? Yeah. So um, right now, so I'm a private chef. I work through a company called Sanctuary Healing Arts. They're in Boulder. Um, they're traditionally a doula company. So it's people that kind of come in right after births and help families um, with various tasks. But right now I go in kind of like after that scope is over and continue cooking for families. Um and basically these families, it's a, it's a pretty specific kind of niche of people because it is focused on um, postpartum women, but not everyone is um, postpartum um, that comes to this company. So it, it's a little bit of depending, but a lot of it is families with young kids. Um, either they have a partner in the home that's working, they're both working, or they're on their own um, and working or still at home with the child. Um I think a piece of it is definitely quality, um, wanting nourishing food because, you know, there's so many like pregnancy books out there that tell you that you need to nourish your body, especially while breastfeeding and things like that. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that piece there for sure, but I think time is always going to be the major piece as to why people have me come. They just don't have the time to think about cooking for themselves. Um, they want to, most of my clients really love food and care about food. Um, but they just can't, they just don't have the capacity for it. They don't have the mental capacity for it. It's a lot. I mean, I totally understand why. Um, and so I'm able to kind of come in and, and help them through this period in their lives. That's very, can be very abrupt and life changing, um, having a newborn in the house. So, um, yeah, it, it's cool having that nutrition lens while I'm there as well because I kind of am able to not necessarily like, well, I guess it's more so suggest certain items for them during certain times. If they're telling me that they're feeling really tired or they're feeling dizzy or things like that, I can be like, okay, well, maybe this week we can adjust this meal to have more protein in it or whatever it might be. Um it's nice to have that lens, but I don't necessarily go into my clients' houses and go full nutritionist on them, you know? I just want to make food that's going to make them happy, but it's all fresh, literally from scratch. Um, and most of my clients love to buy organic and wild-caught and grass-fed and all of that, so it's great. It's been really fun. Do you do, you do the grocery shopping as well? 
good question. So for, for most of my clients, I do. Some of them do it oh, themselves, though. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> do you cook right in their kitchen? I do. Yeah. So I go into the home. Um, I'm there for four hours. Typically, I cook about three dishes, depending on how much time I have. They can be single batches, which is normally like six to eight servings, or double batches, which is like 10 to 16 servings, depending. Um, some clients aren't as regular, so they like to freeze things. Um, so I try to make them a little bit more freezer friendly, of course, but yeah, so I'm there in their kitchens using their, all of their utensils, all of their pots and pans. Um, and yeah, for most of my clients, I do do the grocery shopping, which is nice to have that control over it. But if they want to do their own grocery shopping, that's totally fine with me too. So what, what does your schedule look like? I was just about to ask. Yeah. yeah. Like clients do you see it? Yeah. So day in the life. So a day in the life. Um, currently, I just see one client per day. Uh, most of the clients are in Boulder. So um, usually it's about 11 to 3 that I'm there. So I'll do the grocery shopping right before I go to the client if that's what they want. Um, then I'm there for four hours just cooking away. <laughs> um, and then I come home. But um, actually starting tomorrow, I have my first double shift, so, oh boy. which is exciting. Nice. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that that's going to be the norm. Um, just having like two clients per day kind of depends on grocery shopping, depends on how close the clients are together. But, um, yeah, so it'd be two shifts of four hours. Is this what, yeah. What is the process of cooking like for you? Do you like get in a flow state? Do you put music on? You listen to podcasts? Yeah. Do you, uh, Follow recipes. You're just like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, it's funny. I actually had a client tell me the other day. She's like, you're just like in the zone. Uh -huh. So, and I've had multiple people tell me that. Like even my boyfriend says that when I'm cooking at home, he's like, you just like, you know what he actually calls me? You got, Have you seen Ratatouille? Yeah. <laughs> so like Remy, like <laughs> little chef just like throws things in the pot is like stirring and Kinda tasting and it's incredible to watch cook <laughs> like i used to be mesmerized at cook street she's I did, it's fun it's, it's funny fun. i, I <laughs> chopping away chop 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 taste 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 form. it's incredible <laughs> oh my gosh thank you Sorry. um but yeah, I, I kind of just like get in a zone. Sometimes I listen to music. It depends. If the clients are there, I tend to not like have headphones in because if they want to talk or anything, I just like to be available for that. Um, if the clients aren't there, or I have one client that like has a little Google Home that they're like, put on whatever you want. So I'll listen to a little bit of music. I listened to a podcast the other day while I was cooking. Always love that. Um, Modern Happiness. Yeah. It, actually, <laughs> I did listen to one the other day. I also listened to yours, which is... <laughs> Great. <laughs> we also have a lot in common that we need to talk about, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, I it, like, it's fun to like learn new things, like maybe books on tape will be one of those things too, but I kind of, yeah, I, I don't recipes. I'm not a big recipe person. I do like have kind of like a binder of recipes because a lot of my clients will like send me specific things that they want, which like I kind of have to follow if they're expecting something. Um, but normally I just like skim a recipe. I don't normally read directions cause I kind of just like know how most things come together. I'd hope so. That makes sense. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> you know, at, I mean, I'd say like, that's like the purpose of culinary school really yeah. is like learning how to put things together, like, building flavors. Taylor, you got your, your, uh, workout textbooks. You're like, I need to write this workout. Uh, <laughs> right. you know how to write a workout. Right. So right. same idea, right? Same idea. Um, yeah. So I, I'll have things kind of like there. 
Um, but I always, no matter whether I'm buying the groceries or they're buying the groceries, I always have a shopping list written out. Mm -hmm. So it allows me to kind of like go through recipes and pick out those ingredients. But once I know what's going into those dishes in my head, I don't necessarily have to look back at them, which is nice. Um, but like deciding on what things get cooked first, also had this conversation with a client the other day. She, she was mentioning, you know, like that's the hardest part of cooking is the order of operations. How do you know what to start when? Um, roots, and I wish I roots, had a better answer going, for right? her. No, the roots going the first. Root veg, they, yeah. <laughs> they take longer to cook. Protein sometimes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I kind of just like, it's, I wish I had a better answer. It's kind of all in my head. I just Comes go for experience. it. Yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's therapeutic for me because I don't really have that much brain power going on uh, while I'm doing it. It's kind of just muscle memory in a way. Yeah. You get um, into a flow state. Yeah. Flow yeah. state. Totally. Yeah. And I, it's, it's kind of like fun that way. It's not stressful because yeah. I just have this sense of confidence that it's going to work out. And most of the time it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what a flow state is, right? It's like, you're on the verge of there's like creativity meets like experience, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, totally. And that's how I feel. Um, I think that's why I like this transition of me doing this with my life, being a private chef has been so great because I really just get to be me in the kitchen. Like it's not, I'm not like putting on a persona. It's not trying too hard to do anything. It's really just like harnessing all of that love for food throughout my life and like channeling it into my job. It's a great way to know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. What totally. you love doing is like, you know, feels like 10 minutes. Like that was four hours. Like, Oh, I'm done with all the meals. Yeah. Like even we have these conversations. I coach my clients. I, I know I had client calls on Tuesday and it's like, Oh my God, it's been an hour mm -hmm. and I haven't got to this person yet. Like, Oh shit. Like, but you just kind of get in that flow state. It goes it's, fast. It's a nice reminder to be like, Oh yeah, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This yeah. Fun. Totally. It's giving you energy. Absolutely. Okay. Flipping the script. So we're talking about, this is a flow state for you. Mm -hmm. Now, if someone's listening and they have no idea how to cook, what to cook, maybe they, take out, eat out, or it's just like microwaved meals. Mm -hmm. What are like, what's the easiest way to get started in mm -hmm. terms of like, maybe just like Learning. basics in the kitchen or even like, what are some easy meals to start with? Or like, I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Lunchables. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Lunchables are done for you. <laughs> Lunchables. Yeah. You know, there's some like more kind of like nuanced Lunchables I, out there now that are a little bit fancy. better. I've, but. Heard, I've heard Lunchables are the worst thing in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I, like the worst. I mean, they can barely. Yeah. yeah. Literally. <laughs> they can barely fit the ingredient list like on the back of the pack. Like that's when you know. That's when you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. so gross. If, yeah. if there is no ingredient list, you're, yeah. you're okay, in good shape. Better. But those pizza Lunchables growing up. Up. Yes. Mean, yes. Come on. That yeah. was. That was. I mean, you, like you talk in about elementary school. Come with a fruit roll up or something, and it was oh. like. Yeah. Well, that's the best. You talk about yeah. memories with food. I mean, being a little that's kid it. in the summer, I was yeah. looking forward to my lunchables. So. Well, look. I mean, that's it's it's different memories for everyone. I do have fond memories of pizza lunchables too. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> but getting started, I you know, I think that. First, you know, if there's like a certain dish that people love or like a certain cuisine that they love, like dig into that. Um, why like force yourself out? Like it's again, like not trying to like push people into these like barriers and boundaries of things that they they aren't, you know, like look into like if you order takeout a lot, what do you order? So like, do you want to try to recreate that maybe? Um, a lot of that stuff comes with pantry items, but pantry items last forever. So that's okay. It's okay to have a few things in your pantry that you've tried and, and, you know, can use later down the road. Um, 
I also think like cookbooks can be a great place for people to start. Um, They can be overwhelming at times, but what's nice about a cookbook is normally, or a lot of cookbooks written these days are of like food bloggers and kind of like influencers that aren't trained chefs. It's not intimidating. It's kind of just like a it's almost like a lifestyle book that they've included recipes in, you know? So if, if there's someone, if you like really kind of um, love someone on social media and like see yourself like liking their posts a lot or whatever it may be, like their terminologies or, or how they say things or how they present things, like that's a great person to kind of follow along and like really get into how they've cooked and how they got into cooking. Um, Do you have any that you would recommend? Ooh, such a good question or maybe like chefs to follow or that do a good job so i'd say there's like she's kind of like an og influencer oh she glows um she tends to lean more plant-based but i do really really like her kind of like ideology behind food and cooking Um, you can always add like animal protein to anything that she does it's not that complex um who else i've always been a big fan of Ina Garden on the Food Network. Um, she can, you know, she's Hampton Z, so it can be a little, I, you know, I don't want to say pretentious, but like in that direction. But she actually has some really great simple meals in her cookbooks. Um, so I would, I would recommend her. She's come out with a ton of cookbooks throughout the years. Um, hmm, maybe I'll have to give you guys like a list to post yeah, on your page or something. It was a great thing when I first moved into New York City and I was like, maybe ran out of groceries. I'm like, I don't know what to cook. And you just put everything in your pantry and everything mm-hmm. in your fridge and you check mark it and then you like and then you hit enter and it's like here's what you can make out of that. Oh which I thought was super cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. But uh, I have a question because you don't want to force yourself to do things. However, you can't just be sitting there being like, Oh, Jamie said don't force it. I well, know, I like yeah. pizza, I'm gonna have pizza every night. It's like, yeah, but you know you should eat some vegetables. Yeah, yeah. But I think kinda where you're going is like, you don't like asparagus, you don't like the way your pea smells. Do you like broccoli? How do you like broccoli? Every time I go to a restaurant and you get Brussels sprouts, oh. they're so fucking good. I'm like, mm-hmm. why can't I make this in my yeah, house? Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's like, I think you do need to push that a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Right? Yes. No, that's a really good point. I think like, I guess where I'm trying to go is like, just remember that just because someone else likes something doesn't mean that you necessarily have to, too. Um, I think that's kind of like where like diet culture has gone and I just like hate that. So I, I tend to like you know, really kind of push back on that a little yeah. bit in that sense. But no, I, I do think that you have to be willing to try always like open your palate to new things. Like you never know what you're going to discover. I think a lot of people have like childhood hates, you know, like tuna salad or something like that, that <laughs> they were like, ew, like didn't like that as a kid. But if you do it a little bit differently and try it again, you might really enjoy it. So it's, it's always about like kind of like that little push and pull of like, don't get frustrated with yourself because you don't like a certain thing, but like there's going to be something else out there that you do enjoy. That's going to fill like that same need. Mm. Yeah. So like asparagus, try broccoli, try like green peppers, try, you know, another green vegetable. It's, it's going to be similar. Yeah. I think too, uh, like healthy food doesn't have to be boring. Yeah. Like what you were saying with my chicken and my rice, like it doesn't have to be, there are things you can do. I mean, I even find if I throw some Kerrygold butter, in my white rice yeah. with some garlic and salt, like garlic salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by bananas. some, he means an entire stick. <laughs> yeah. so I just take a bite out of it, like a, like a popsicle and then, uh, and then put a little slice in. <laughs> no, but like here, like, so 
I've learned from you guys, a little lemon zest or lime mm-hmm. zest oh. goes a long oh, yeah. way. Yeah. Lime zest in rice with a little cilantro. Mm. Oh my gosh, nice. yeah. In general Just juice kiss. too. Yeah, yeah, acid. I'd say like going kind of bad. Acid? Yeah. Acid. Yeah. No, no, no. Where did everyone's brain go? No, no, no. <laughs> guys, we're talking about food. And we're back from the break. <laughs> Feeling real good oh right now. Oh my god. <laughs> We're talking about food. Lemon lime. Oh, yeah. my, oh, yeah, god. oh. oh. oh my god. Oh my god. That'll be another episode. Lemon yeah, lime yeah. Acid. I didn't know you could flavor acid. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What? No. <laughs> oh, just lemon and lime. Lemon. Oh. Citrus is an acid. Citrus is acid. That's Citrus where floats. We got yeah. Oh, vinegar, vinegar. Okay, go right, back. I'll, I'll switch the tables. Um, <laughs> you said, you know, you kind of want to change the world, make people happier, and you don't want to come into someone's house and just be the nutritionist. Mm-hmm. But is there also part of you where it's like, yes, we can give them good meals, see the smile on their face, but where's the other spectrum where it's like, do you want these people to hire you forever, or do you want them to be able to cook their own meals, be sufficient, be able to grocery mm-hmm. shop on their own? so that they can teach it to their kids and not just like, <clears throat> we're rich family and we have a private chef and uh, that's what I grew up with. Yeah, it's, that's a very good question. I think like um, totally part of me wants to give people the tools that they feel comfortable that they can now go out and do this on their own. I don't see myself staying in families forever. I think like there's definitely certain times in life that are warranted to have have help and that could be all the time for some people but it's also not all the time for others so like this very specific time that I'm at most of my clients house like the postpartum period that doesn't last forever but sure I might stay on for a few years five years with them I don't know but totally the goal is to have those like emotional experiences with food with a family and those might come from my dishes that I cook with them but I do think it's important for kids to to see their families cooking, to see their parents cooking or whatever it might be. Maybe it's a sibling that cooks or, um, because I, I do think that does create this like connection that kind of like I have with food that maybe it wasn't always fancy, but to know that you can do it. I think a lot of people with cooking have this like fear that it's intimidating or, oh, I don't know how to cook. Well, everyone like knows how to, it's, it's inherent in all of us to cook something. It's in all of our ancestors. So, you can do it, but it, we've kind of like gotten to the point where cooking has gotten to be this like ide- idealized, like something that no one can touch, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Um, that's why I really like kind of like homey cooking because it's not fancy restaurant fried untouchable food. It's things that like chili, for instance, like cooking chili from scratch. It doesn't have to be complicated. I love my crock pot. You just dump, pots are you great. just dump a bunch yeah. of shit in there. Fall, and it comes get the recipe. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Turn that shit on low and wait six hours. Totally. I, I think it's all about just like knowing that you can put things together from scratch. You don't always have to open like a jar of prepared marinara sauce. Just have a can of tomatoes and add some seasonings to it. Add some, you know, sauteed onion and garlic and a little bit of dried oregano. I don't know. Some fresh basil. Smoked paprika. That's always I used that the other day I, in something, but I just not, found that not out tomato like last sauce. year, and I was like, "Well, for the chili." <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for like, chili, for sure, wild, for sure. But yeah, I, I you know, it's hard because like I want I want everyone to feel that way that they could do this on their own. Um, 
but it's hard to know if you're, you're going to kind of like give people the tools for that. It's a really hard, kind of hard question because I would love for people to feel that way, but I don't know that everyone will. Sometimes they're not even receptive to taking for the sure. tools that she's yeah. giving. Right, that, right, and that yeah. makes sense. And, and that's kind of like, you're not for everyone. But, mm-hmm. but if you're, I'm curious, like, Jamie, what do you want to be known for? Oh, Five, God. 10 years. Wow. A client, wow. Wow. a client that you've had says, wow, Jamie, fill in the blank. Mm. Um, I think I want to be, well, since it's such a, it's such a changing period in these, in these families lives, I want to be known for like making their lives easier and better. Like, like Jamie came in and just, I, there was one thing I didn't have to worry about, you know, it was like one thing checked off the list. And I think for like new families and even larger families and for individuals, like, as a single person, it doesn't matter. Like you can still be as busy as someone that has a family, but like, isn't that the best feeling when something you can check off your list is just over with and you don't have to worry about? Like, I want to give that feeling to people. Cause for me personally, like when I, I can hand something off, which I'm not very good at doing. I like to do everything myself. Um, <laughs> You're not alone a, there. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Right. It, it's a great feeling though, to, to know that something is taken care of. And especially when it comes to food that is so important for our bodies and is so nutrient um, or is so nourishing and, and necessary. Like, yeah, that's, that's the hope. Great I like answer. It. Yeah. I like it. So in five years from now, how many families have you helped? Hmm. Well, let's see. I have like 10, 11 clients now. So let's say like 50 to 75. Okay, nice. It's five years. It's going to be way more than that. It's going to be like five years. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, maybe maybe 100. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this. What What is, uh, you know, what's like the long-term vision? Like do you see yourself mm-hmm. doing this? this like I don't know you know in the world of being a chef like when you're 50 years old Mm -hmm. right I know from the coaching standpoint a lot of people don't make it there because it's like being on the floor Mm -hmm. coaching a person they own a gym or they run a program or maybe it's like you know so so what does that look like for you long term what would you want to do yeah perfect world totally it's something that I put a lot of thought into recently because yeah it's like providing a service you have to provide that service so it's really hard and and Um, can be unsustainable for sure. Um, I think what's really nice about the company that I'm working with now is there's an opportunity for me to kind of grow this chef, private chef part of the business um, and start to hire other people and kind of help more families. They're mostly in in the Boulder, greater Boulder area. So expanding to Denver, even moving that to other states Um, and kind of like making people aware that like, this is something that you can do. Like you can have people come in and help you and nourish you for part of your life. That is like kind of a lot of people say like the postpartum period for women, especially is very shaping in how the rest of their life goes. Mm -hmm. So like to know that like you can have that kind of help. And even if it's not postpartum in your everyday life, um, that would be like a really cool vision to be able to kind of like grow this private chef part of this business. Um, But I think, you know, when I'm 50, I, I hope that I'll have, you know, been able to grow a business in the chef world, um, to the point that I can have specific clients of my own that I just like love being with. 
Um, I think that's the goal for like a lot of services is like that you can get to the point where you don't necessarily have to take on every client that comes to you, but you're able to really choose people that resonate with what you are willing to give. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Is a cookbook in there anywhere? Oh, I would love to write a cookbook. <laughs> I also like have always had a little dream of being on Food Network. So Boom! Okay. Ooh, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. see, I see that though. Yeah. I like genuinely see that for her. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. What show? Then your walk-up song. Well, I you want walk-up, walk yeah. yeah. <laughs> the camping show. I literally yeah, thought yeah, I met you in the summer. One of other Jamie's other passions is cooking while camping mm -hmm. and like she makes these insane okay that, there's your cookie okay. that's mm -hmm. the campfire chef yeah the campfire chef. nice yep. i'm gonna have to cut this oh, out so cool. nobody hears it and steals I, your idea i know who yeah. I <laughs> oh, yeah, honestly. oh yeah fuck off yeah. everyone there has <laughs> been there have been some people but there's not that many actually it's no, pretty interesting yeah. Yeah. yeah it's who's to say they could do it as good as you anyway i know who but i'm inviting to my next camping trip <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're all out james in oh my gosh so yeah. cool. So cool. That's great. Um, I'm actually curious. Well, you said something. You were like, you have trouble letting go. Mm. And he said, when you're in the service industry, you have to do it. You have to be there. And then you're like, well, I want to grow this company and, you know, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. have other chefs. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a fun challenge to watch you grow and to be like giving up that control to be like, okay, I have a new client and now I have too many clients. Mm -hmm. And maybe you've been training a chef and it's like, okay. Finally, it's your opportunity to be like, but I really want to cook for this person. But all right, I'm going to give it to my, I don't know, is this a sous chef? I don't even know what that means, to be honest. But I'm going to give it to my <laughs> other chef. They're going to yeah, do yeah. it and just yeah. give that control and trust that they're going to cook the right meals mm -hmm. and treat the client well and all that stuff. And that's not easy. Does, I that, know. does that scare you, that vision? It totally does. Um, but I think like it's all about like trusting people and hiring people that you trust, right? And like having a team that you can really just like um, have reassurance that they're going to put their best foot out there no matter what. Um, and I think like, of course, like even when I started at this, at this job, you know, we had some where um, had some times where I went and like shadowed. So you really like get to know kind of like what to do in the home, what not to do in the home. So it's definitely a lot of like, you know, a lot of kind of vetting will need to happen yeah. for that. But it's actually exciting to me because I know like on my own, there's only a finite people that I'd be able to help, but like with a crew of chefs, it could expand way further. So like, that's actually really exciting to me that like there would be an opportunity to um, help even more people and, and expand our reach in that sense, because I know that I wouldn't be able to do that on my own. Yeah. Know? That's awesome. Before, before we wrap up, I know we're getting close to the end here. Um, you also, I mean, you went out on your own and you're a private chef now. Mm -hmm. Was that scary? What was that like? You know, I think I knew that I was going to work for myself forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, luckily, uh, my dad is like my mentor and he has had his own businesses for my entire life. So that was really nice to kind of like have that support in going out on my own. But I knew from the second that I like started at a desk job right after college that it just wasn't for me. Um, and not to say that, it, you know, there was anything wrong with it. I just, I, I wanted to like be doing constantly, you know, I wanted to be, to be like, I don't know, like accomplishing this dream that I have. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that clear back like then I've gone, there's a lot of things have happened since then, but getting to this point where it does feel like I'm finally able to like accomplish that dream is really cool because I, 
you know, of course there's uncertainty. I think in the, in the way that I'm doing it, kind of, um, having most of my clients be under this other company is helpful. Cause it's like to step into doing things on my own, but I still have a little bit of help, which is nice. Um, but it's a great kind of like view of what it's going to be to like be able to do business on my own, like make my own decisions and be my own person. And also like, we're going back to like quality of things, like quality of work, knowing that it's coming from me. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. Uh, when, what's the timeline? When did you have your desk job and yeah. how long ago was that? So graduated from CU in 2017. Um, I was working at that job for like six months previously. So I left that job in August of 2019, went to culinary school from August to December, 2019. Then I worked at Cook Street School of Culinary Arts, a little free advertising for you, um, as a chef instructor, which was awesome. Learned a ton. That's where I met Maddie. Yay. And um, then I, so I was there January 2020, obviously COVID, not great for the restaurant industry, but came back to them in like August um, of 2020. And then I left May 2021. Awesome. Yeah, I think people get this idea and tell our entrepreneurs like, I know I quit my engineering job, moved out here and just kind of went for it. But like, that doesn't have to be your path. You kind of mm-hmm. slowly grew this, went back to school, yeah. um, took this job, which you got like a mentorship from and, mm-hmm. and now even going on your own, but you still have clients from this other company. So it's like, you don't have to just drop everything and like, yeah. oh my God, it doesn't have to be that scary. It's like, just take a small step. Yeah. I actually love that you said that because it was like, it was pretty orchestrated, like the way I did it. Like yeah. I... I had a sense for the fact that this was where I wanted to be, but I definitely was not willing to drop everything. I wanted to have a little bit of security along the way, um, which is why, you know, I went to nutrition school through an online program while I was working for Cook Street. So it wasn't like it was just like, okay, I'm going to keep dropping things off until I get there. Um, Very thankful to have had Cook Street during that time. And then once I kind of accomplished what I needed to accomplish to get to the point where I felt comfortable going off on my own. That's why I think it wasn't as scary because I had set myself up for that success in that moment. Um, so it felt actually like very reassuring that I was able to like do it finally. Cause it had been the thing that I was like clawing at for so long. Like I was just ready to, to move on to this. So it was really actually like very, um, fulfilling to finally get to that point and like feel good about it. It felt so good that it felt good to me. <laughs> Even Maddie could feel like, it. Like, literally, I remember, like, her looking at me and being like, I put in my two weeks. And I was like, yes, 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 let's go. I was so hyped. You know, that's what's <laughs> nice about having, like, supportive people around you, yeah. though. And, yeah. like, that, I think, is also a huge thing that I'll say. Like, lastly, is, like, surround yourself, whether it's, like, cooking or whatever it may be, like, wanting to focus on your nutrition. Like, it's always just so helpful to surround yourself with people that are – supportive of you and also people that are going to tell you the truth if you're making a mistake oh um but like i touched taylor it's so nice to to know that you have a support system no matter what happens you know and community community i feel so thankful for having that and i think like it's something that i'm sure you stress like for your clients and i totally stress that for mine but it's also like if you're gonna go out on your own know that you don't have to really be alone. Like just even if they're not in your same work field or, or, you know, it doesn't matter. Just nice to have people that are like going to be there for you and support you along the way. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. And if you don't have that, you can go find it. Yeah. And make the effort to go find it. I have a final question. Jamie, are you happy? I am happy. <laughs> yes. Why? What makes you so happy? Um, I, You know, I'm happy because I have been able to follow my dreams and not really let anything get in the way of it. I kind of like plowed a path for myself and... You know, of course, there's always challenges that come with that. Plenty of challenges. Um, But those challenges only kind of like make you better. And it's always nice getting to the point where you can like look in hindsight and be like, wow, that was, you know, hindsight's 20-20. Literally, though, like, wow, that was really hard in the moment, but it got me to where I am. And I think that's why I'm happy because recently I've really seen how that all plays out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Jaminator went full (laughs) ball. (laughs) On her passion. Oh, wow. no. I really got to watch wow. what I say, especially on a podcast, huh? <laughs> I brought it back. Jamie we didn't talk about life. the book, but I brought that back. So. Oh, the book. I'm the book. Oh, oh, that's all right. Go read the book. We yeah, don't need to talk read about it. Book. Link it in the bio. <laughs> oh, man. Jamie, thank you so much. This was incredible. Um, when are we going to have some Chinese food? Because that's oh, all I've been thinking gosh, about. Oh, my gosh. I podcast. know, right? Yeah, we, we got to go to Star Kitchen. Have you been to Star, Star Kitchen? Star Kitchen, no. I'll put it yeah, on the list. Yeah, we could go there. That's good. Perfect. Perfect. Good place. I guess I could cook for you too, but. That's really what I was thinking. (laughs) I don't want to make you work. You you, you said it. It's a flow state. I said it. I said it. I'm trying to provide an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll all get in flow state. You'll cook. Taylor will coach goal setting. I'll masturbate and uh, Maddie will. I'll just hype up Jan. Yeah, my hype man. Only an hour and six minutes before Matt talks about masturbating. I had to. I had to. I haven't done that in a while. But uh, anyway. Uh, Yeah, once again, Jamie, uh, where can people find you? If people want a private chef, if they're in Denver, if they're in the greater Boulder area. Where can they reach out to you? Yeah. Learn more about your stuff. Totally. So um, my website is uh, jamiehstein.com. Spell it out. J-M-I-E-H, as in Heather, Stein, S-T-E-I-N, dot com. It's in the show notes. Oh, there you go. It's in the show notes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can reach out to me. There's a contact page there. Um, I also do private cooking classes if you're interested. That Um, sounds fun. Yeah. Group group classes with your homies. Yeah. With your other happiness homies. That sounds fun. All the happiness We should probably book that. Yes. That would actually be a good team bonding experience. I had this whole idea. From the beginning, yeah. yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so fun. God. Modern Amazing. happiness event. Bro. Oh, my. Oh, with Chef Jamie. Cooking. Oh, stay tuned, everybody. Oh cooking 101. If you Wait, want this. So that if actually would this, be DM sick. Us. I would be very down for that. Yeah. Just p- throwing that out there right wow, now. Wow. If you all want this, modern happiness event in Denver with a chef, with a cooking class by Chef Jamie.